Hello, I'm Wayne. This is Grant Vandiver, and you're listening to episode three of the Natural. And you're listening to episode three of the Naturally Abilene podcast, brought to you by Oddly Natural Digital Branding and PR. We are really excited to bring you a little bit more stable. Format of this podcast, you're going to hear a conversation with Alex and I. Then we're going to give you a tip of the week. Our conversation this week is with Levi Britt of Lithia Toyota here in Abilene. They're, he is their social media guru. He handles all their social media. If you haven't started following them on Instagram, that is really where they shine. Uh, I know they do a good job on their Facebook and, and some of their other platforms, but but Instagram is really great. They put up amazing content on a, on a daily basis. So go give them a follow. Let's grow these local businesses here in town. Super excited. Uh, uh, to bring that to you. So um, let's just get right into it. Here's our conversation. Here's my conversation with my partner, Alex Russell, uh, about what's going on in the world of marketing and current events. All right, Alex, we are back and uh, rocking and rolling with the third episode. Let's let's start here. I want to start with the uh, probably one of the biggest news stories we've had in a while as far as big corporate entities and in the Starbucks issues. Um, for those of you that don't know, what we're talking about is Starbucks shutting down over 8,000 stores uh, on a Tuesday to do diversity training. Going back even further, this is stemming from uh, uh, an, an incident in Philadelphia to African-American people, wait, guys waiting for um, some sort of interview or some sort of conversation with someone, the person was running late, and they were basically asked to leave, and the cops were called, um, and obviously got a ton of bad publicity, and Starbucks is getting called out, and there was this big hoopla, and rightfully so. Um, but the result of that was obviously, like I said, Starbucks going and doing some training uh, with as many of their employees as they possibly can have, and obviously making it very public that they're doing training and inviting journalists and whatnot to sit in on the training so they can see what they're doing in training. Um, we are not going to get into the racially, as much as we can, stay away from some of the racially tone because that's not really our expertise. There's a probably better podcast for that. But um, I do want to look at it as far as business owners and marketing. Were they super successful in kind of changing the narrative by having this diversity day? Um, yes or no? And kind of what would or some other options you think they could have done? Okay. Um, I, I do I do want to say I don't think we're not naive enough to say you can completely separate race from this issue, but we are looking at it from a marketer standpoint and was it successful as a PR um, marketing endeavor. And so from marketers, I don't think this was successful at all. I think that you know a group of Starbucks not um, Starbucks didn't bring a group of psychologists or racial bias experts to a room to discuss how their um, employees can be more racially sensitive they got their pr and marketing team in a room and said how can we make this better for us in our public image and starbucks has a has done a pretty good job of um staying socially conscious and bringing up different environmental issues and um kind of keeping up i guess with the trends and i i think this was another attempt at that 
I, and I don't think it was successful. I think that they shut down more than 8,000 stores, all of their stores, which is more than 8,000 across the United States for a day. Um, obviously lost a huge amount of revenue. And um, I think most people just see it as a PR stunt. I don't think that, I mean, because really there's no other way to see it. You can't change, you don't change racial bias in one day. So, yeah, I don't think this was successful at all. I think that if you're going to take a big gamble like this, it was a Tuesday, I'm sure it was their least revenue day, but still at Starbucks, they're always busy. So, um, yeah, I think they lost a lot of revenue and I don't think they gained many reputation points back. Yeah, see, and, and, and this is why I always say that I'm the more cynical person of the two of us. <laughs> um, I, I personally believe that we live in the information age and that information travels at a mile a minute and if you're super worried about a story wait five seconds and some other story will come over and take it and so if you're looking at it just from a pr marketing perspective their job was to change the narrative i think they did that we're not really talking there's not boycotts outside of you're not hearing about boycotts outside of starbucks you're not hearing about these different things it's kind of back to business as usual but we still started off this story with Two black men were arrested and escorted out of a Philadelphia Starbucks for simply standing there. And so I and I and, I, and, and, and though we ended it with, but Starbucks shut down for a day for racial bias training. You know, I just don't think those two even out. Well, they definitely don't even out. And now, but I don't know if there was anything that Starbucks could have done to even that out. I think that there, from our PR, PR spot, marketing PR perspective, it's to try to tell how Starbucks is going to try to do its very best to not make this happen again. I think shutting down for the day and getting that story out there and sending people through training is a pretty positive step. So that's in interesting. That direction. You said uh, you think that Starbucks is going to do their best to make sure it doesn't happen again. Is that something? Is that a takeaway that you had from this shutdown for a day, or is that something you've read that Starbucks said? No, I think it's. I think any any company that has a major issue like this, their their results. Same thing. With, what I would say with like BP, like. Their goal is to not have a busted oil pipe in the middle of the ocean again. When you have a big bad publicity, your next job is to start to do everything you can to stop that from happening because of all the bad publicity. I think Starbucks, it should be basically understood that Starbucks' goal is to not have a racially charged incident in their store if they're possible. That's why they sent people through a day's worth of, of training. And I think this, from a marketing standpoint, is where you get into where you have to really connect the lines of of what you're trying to make people see and who you are because i think as far as what starbucks is trying to make people see is is we are not racist and we do not hire um you know racist employees that's not what starbucks mission is or the vision they want to portray at the same time it's it's i don't think that's who starbucks is either but is their culture is their company someone who is actively against that and i don't know that that answer is yes yeah, I, I, I agree. I just think that at the end of the day, from a Starbucks perspective, they want to A, do what they can to make it not happen again, and B, make it known that they're doing everything they can to do better. Mm-hmm. And from that point of view, I think they were successful. Yeah. I don't know that it's something that I would steer. I don't know that it's something I would steer one of our clients into doing. I think that we would try to be a little bit more creative and proactive, but I mean... Hey, it changed your mind a little bit. You brought up earlier that um, that Howard Schultz, the executive chairman of Starbucks, um, it could have been a ploy to catapult his presidential campaign. The cynical cynical people out there would say that, yes. Yes. Would argue that. Um, 
and you are self-described cynicist. Um, so let's get into that I'm a skeptic. little bit. Our, I'm not our, a cynic. I'm a skeptic. There's a difference. Our little bit of politics for the day. Um, we'll have to do a whole other podcast on city relations and what happened um, with our election this past Saturday. But right now, Howard Schultz seems to be a very possible 2020 Democratic nominee. What do you think about it? As many of you know, I'm a Republican. I ran for the Taylor County Republican chairmanship. Um, so I really don't have a lot of strong feelings one way or the other. I, I, I did wonder aloud <laughs> to people um, how much his future political ambitions played into how Starbucks handled it. Um, he was definitely going to be tagged with it. Um, you know, and, and this is where I, I can get, I can see myself kind of going off the rails where it's like, this was a serious issue. It has repercussions much deeper than what's going on in the community or in, in the country. And here we are boiling it down to, does this affect his 2020 chances? But yeah, it is, it is a politics. conversation. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, does I don't think I judged oh, and I'm gonna forget Carly Fiorina when she when she was running for the nominee for the Republican Party I really didn't judge Carly Fiorina based on how employees that she had acted I kind of judged her on how what she said on the campaign trail and then you know how successful she was in the boardroom um, I don't I don't think we can say well. You shouldn't vote for Howard Schultz because he had a employee in a Philadelphia Starbucks act this way. Yeah. I'm now, not, if you come I'm, out and if it's like, you know, one of those Me Too things where it comes out and there's more and more stories and more and more stories and it's like, oh, he created this culture, which I don't, there's no inclination that that's the case. Yeah. Then I think it's it's not fair and people shouldn't be judged based on one incident that he had. I mean. So it's interesting that you bring up um, Fiorina because she was the CEO of Hewlett Packard. So she was an established businesswoman that she built her entire career building that company and helping to build that culture. Um, that the business aspect didn't translate into being able to run a country for her base or the voters. Obviously, it did for Trump. Trump capitalized on that very, very well. I mean, he 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 kind of almost ran on the platform that um, the country government it's like a business, and he's been obviously successful at. Um, that so why couldn't he transfer that into our country and governing i i think what do you, i mean do you think it'll work better for howard schultz i mean he's been a part of an incredibly successful company one who for you know most things considered has a good reputation and has done a lot of wonderful things in the world is he going to be able to pull you know is he going to be able to counterpart trump's republican businessmen i i, I think there is an argument to be made of kind of counterpunching you know, don't just vote for Trump because he's a business person because I'm just as success, successful as a business person. Um, but anytime we talk about politics, especially when we talk about campaigning, it's all about storytelling. And and Schultz has a long way to go to A, run for the nomination, B, get the nomination, and then C, actually run against Trump. In Why do you say he has a long way to go? Because, one, he's got no political history, so you got to build up that base. You've got to get staff. you got to pay staffers. you got people on board. you got to create a grassroots campaign. you got to start But is that why he's the perfect counterpart to Trump? Well, I mean, is he any different than any other Silicon Valley? You know, obviously, until Facebook's had all their issues with their security and whatnot, everyone assumed that Zuckerberg was going to run. That's why he went on that tour of the Midwest and was meeting all these people and but having Schultz all these But Schultz is a lot ops. older, and I mean, he's, I mean, he was on a time... He was on a... Time cover story in 2015 for his possible run. So, I mean, I just think this could be a really 
this could be a really interesting counterpoint to Trump. He came out of nowhere for me. I mean, you really introduced me to Schultz, and I don't know that I'm a fan. I don't know that I'm not a fan. Um, but just reading it, I think it could be a really interesting counterpart to Trump. I mean, he's got the businessman mentality. I mean, if that's going to continue to be Trump's story, I think Howard Schultz has a good counterpunch to that. And also, he is pretty fiscally conservative. I mean, he takes away a lot of Trump's kind of... Well, and that goes into the, the B of my list of things. He Fiscal conservative doesn't go a long way when Bernie Sanders was nearly the nominee. And he seems like pretty much the exact opposite of Howard Schultz. But was Bernie Sanders almost the nominee? Yes, he was absolutely almost the nominee. He's still by far the most popular person in the Democratic Party right now. I would. Say. I don't think so. I mean, the primaries I think shot that down. I mean, he none of Sanders nomin- none, none of Sanders endorsees got nominated or were well. And, were and that, that's elected. an interesting conversation: is how how valuable is an endorsement? I mean, I think you can give someone a look if someone endorses, but at the end of the day, you got to make your decision based on that person. Not, I'm not voting just because someone says you should vote for the person. I may look at that person when I wasn't considering them at first and say, I'm going to give them a try. And that's part of telling their story. Right. Getting them to, you know, getting you to even look at them. But if their story's no good and they're not interesting and they're not smart, you know, just because Bernie Sanders likes them, Bernie Sanders looks at two people and says, I'm going to endorse candidate A, doesn't mean that that person is necessarily better for my situation. It just means that Bernie Sanders picked A and not B. I've been saying it for years here in town. It's like, it would be great to go get endorsements, but... The media is super splintered, and everyone has their own kind of circle of friends and whatnot, and so how far does an endorsement really go? I think it's a whole other podcast, because... Well, it, it kind of goes into what the last thing we wanted to talk about, which was influencer marketing. Yeah. So, in relation to influencer marketing, um, do we think endorsements still work? I, I think there's a difference between buying a product or a service at a business and someone's vote. For whatever reason, even though we think that we know that voting is way down in Texas and way down in, in Abilene, the people that still do go vote, that's still a very prized thing. That's still something that they are giving to someone else. We, I'm giving you your vote. And yes, we want something in return, but that's different than going and saying, I'm buying this shirt from you. That's very much, I think it's a different type of- Investment. Investment and a different type of relationship. Um, Which is odd because voting costs nothing. You you can you, you vote for free. It takes almost you know, it takes no time to actually do the act of voting. Um, when you're buying a product, you're spending money. You're um, I mean it, it, there's a wait time usually if you're buying online. So it, it's that's an interesting correlation. It's essentially the same thing. Influencer marketing and endorsements are essentially the same thing. Do they still work? Well. Uh, I think that it depends on how much value and actual input someone gives into the endorsement. If someone says, my name is Bernie Sanders and I endorse this candidate, or I, my name is Donald Trump and I endorse this candidate, that's one thing. If it's Donald Trump or Bernie Sanders or Jody Arrington or whoever coming to my location, giving a speech, answering questions, here's why I'm supporting this person, here's why I'm doing this. Here's example A, B, and C of why I'm supporting that person. Here's, you know, here's how this person helped me, or here's how I helped this person and got this return, and here's what this person's done in his or her community. That's completely different. In the same way, we don't have influencer marketing. It's, hey, come to this Philharmonic performance. I, me and you share a lot of characteristics. I love it a lot. I think you will too. Versus, 
hi, this is Donald Trump. Please go to that one Philharmonic. I think it's the it's context. That personal, yeah, it's yeah. the context and it's that personal relationship. And We're so jaded by detail. politics and um, the untrustworthiness amidst all of it that I think maybe that's why, even though they are essentially the same thing in the way of marketing, if you look at it from a marketing aspect, they are really the same um, the same act. I think with politics, we have such a distrust and um, there's such a knowledge of kind of what happens behind the scenes and who makes deals with what that a politician coming out for an endorsement, we don't know what happened. We don't know what was made. Was there a trade? Do they actually like their person and their policies or not? I think there's too much ambiguity. I think influencer marketing, you have to, I mean, you know, that follow is an investment now. Our, our news feeds are so cluttered and our lives are so cluttered, really, that when you click follow, um, on someone on a, uh, or, or a friend request or anything on a social media platform, then you're investing time into that person. And I think that means a lot now. I think you create some trust. Maybe trust is the bottom line as far as what we're talking about here is that for influencer marketing or endorsements to work, you have to have a baseline of trust and make people relate to you. Because, I mean, it's word of mouth at the end of the day. Well, influencer marketing is in an interesting place. I know something that you and I talk about a lot and people that we follow and people that we look up to and, and consider what I call electronic mentors. We don't have a relationship with them, but we follow them and, sure. and kind of em, try to emulate how they're operating and, and things they're doing. Influencer marketing is huge in, in big communities, big cities, on a, on a nationwide scale. Um, we haven't really seen that come to Abilene. Yeah. Do you think, is it just the typical Abilene seven years behind? And so <laughs> by the time influencer marketing is... You know, ten years old, fifteen years old, in in Dallas or in LA, that it'll finally come to Abilene. Um, will it ever come to Abilene? What? Why hasn't? Do you think influencer marketing really taken hold here as it as it has elsewhere? Because Abilene's seven or so years behind. I think that's yeah. I mean, because word. I mean, it is word of mouth, and I think word of mouth in Abilene is king. That's why Facebook's king because um, because it's it's a platform for word of mouth. I can't imagine that Abilene companies are ever going to start paying, you know, local celebrities or whatever it is to endorse their product or, um, but, you know, local companies pay a lot of money um, to charities and events and sponsorships. And, and isn't that kind of influencer marketing? You're using this base, um, an event or a charity that's already got a following just inherently, and you're paying them to get your name splattered everywhere. I mean, I think that that's a, that's a pretty solid form of influencer marketing in Abilene right now. As far as the social media aspect of it, um, I, I can't imagine that Abilene will get there fast. I mean, we have a couple of local social media influencers from Abilene. Jasmine, you know, she uh, she's a local Cooper, her, her AISD student. Um, she's up to a million followers on Instagram now. I can't imagine, though, that any Abilene company is going to be able to effectively utilize her. We talked a lot about using her in my campaign and just didn't know if it was the right way to go. Had a couple of ways of being able to reach out to her and... Um, you know, discussed it, and we, and even for me, I didn't feel like it was the right move just yet. I don't know that Abilene's there, but yeah. I don't. But I don't think it's dying. No, it's definitely not dying. You know, I definitely think it's coming. I think what you're talking about with the banners and signs and nonprofits is I. What I always said is the prelude to influencer marketing, which is content marketing, which is where we really shine, which is where we really love to be, and it's it's marketing through creating content. So when we talk to clients, and it's like. This, we want to sponsor this nonprofit or we want to sponsor this event. And it's like, great. We want you to be involved in the community that's part of being part of Abilene. But we also want you to talk to this 
group or this nonprofit about allowing us to do other things to create content while we're there. We want to be able to do videos and um, do posts leading up to it and helping them promote it, but also promoting y'all. And we want, you know, we would like them to share some of the stuff that we're creating and, and all these different things. And it's that content marketing uh, through these events that are going on in town. And then as those events continue to grow and, and whether it's someone that becomes super popular as, as a host or someone that, you know, does something and they go viral on you know, her locally, then you start seeing some of these influencers. Um, so influencer marketing is coming. It'll never be as big as it is in big cities because there's not a lot of national companies here in town. There's not companies that are, are selling to an entire nation or entire worldwide market. Um, but it, but it is coming. Mm-hmm. And I think, and, and I think that Abilene's so very much built on, um, that, that word of mouth and a handshake really. And so I think, you know, I look around and I'm trying to think of people who, who mean a lot to me in Abilene and who I really look up to. And, you know, if they posted a product or a service on their page that, that I really felt like they loved and they were endorsing, I, I think it would really, I think it would definitely lead to a buy for me. Um, I don't know if they were getting paid to do that, if it would be as compelling for me. Well, that's a good talking point. Um, stay tuned for um, our marketing tip of the week that is going to focus on content marketing. And then stay tuned for my conversation with Levi Britt, who handles the social media marketing for Lithia Toyota. And then finally, what's happening Abilene at the end of the podcast. Alex, thanks so much. It was good to talk to you again, and we'll see you talk again We will talk many times before next week, but again on the podcast next week. Yeah. Bye, guys. Before we get to my conversation with Levi Britt of Lithia Toyota, I did want to bring to you this week's marketing tip. If you're a marketing uh, professional or someone that owns a business, we hope that these tips uh, help you and help you grow your business. If you want to know more, Give us a call at Nodley Natural or send us an email and we'd be happy to meet with you and, and talk you through the, the tip of the week or more importantly, we'd love to, to help you grow your business by working with you in a full-blown partnership. But this week's tip, tip number two for the Naturally Abilene podcast has to do with content marketing. We talked a little bit about it with Alex, um, but I wanted to go in and explain a little bit what that is and how you can do it. Uh, content marketing is basically what marketing has become in the Facebook live generation in the Instagram live or Instagram stories generation. And that is everything you do, whether that's business related or in your life, if you are the focal point of your business, that's content marketing. Uh, if you are at a, uh, a city function and you go live, if you, um, are in the backyard and if you think of a tip that you just want to put out on on your your organization's Instagram account do that that's content marketing and the more pieces of content marketing you can churn out on a daily weekly monthly basis the more dividends you're gonna see this is not something that you uh, you know one of my old favorite sayings is is set it and forget it that's that's no longer what marketing is in the content marketing world you've got to continue to churn out more and more content everything you do can probably spun into to marketing. People want to know who they're buying from and why they should buy from you and not buy from Amazon or buy online. It's really important for local businesses to embrace and, and really understand what content marketing is and how it can help your business grow. If you want to know more, give us a call. 
Um, if not, let's move on to uh, our really interesting conversation with Levi Britt of Lithia Toyota. Hope you enjoy. All right, we're joined today by Levi Britt of Lithia Toyota here in Abilene. Thanks for letting us come by and visit with you. Yeah, no problem. Uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, let's just start here. How did you get to where you are today in charge of the social media over here at Lithia? Um, actually, uh, I mean, like I started selling cars here, um, when my wife and I moved to Texas, um, back in 2013 and, um, just kind of worked my way up. So, yeah. Did you have any marketing training background or kind of self-taught like a lot of us or? Yeah. Uh, I actually have a, um, graphic design background. So, uh, kind of just randomly worked my way into it. So, yeah. Very cool. You know, we, one of the things we talk about a lot in our group is understanding kind of what the goal is. And obviously the goal for you at the end, the end of the, all the process is to sell a car, mm -hmm. but with each individual post, with you, everything you do through the social media, what's the, what do you have a goal for each individual post or is it just, we're just trying to create something overarching. That's going to be something that people want to con consume. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of, <laughs> um, hard to explain a little bit. Like, uh, basically ultimately we want to, um, just tell a story and, and make sure it's a compelling story and um, one that people want to engage with. Um, not necessarily like every post needs to sell a car or you know anything like that, but it's more like, I guess, a long game of just providing content. And um, Do you handle all the marketing or is it just the social media? Kind of what, what exactly is your role? Mine is basically just the social media marketing. Okay. So, um, so like Instagram, Facebook, some Twitter, but auto industry and Twitter is well, in Abilene and Twitter. So exactly. I'm sure, yeah, it's not like it's a huge, huge market out there. How much direction do you get? Obviously Lithia is part of a bigger group. It's mm -hmm. outside of just Abilene. On top of that, you've got the Toyota aspect. Right. Do you have meetings? How much interaction or do you kind of left on your own to kind of come up with what you want? It's kind of nice um, because Toyota is such a like recognizable brand already. So um, I pretty much just kind of follow their campaigns and kind of do like our own little spin on it because we are um, thankfully left to do, you know, whatever we see fit. So it's pretty nice. Do you do, do you do much planning and strategy when it comes to where you're going to post? Okay. This month we want to focus on the forerunner or we want to talk about our service or, or is it kind of like you're kind of the eye in the sky of what's going on on the lot that day? Is there much? Talk yeah. About that a um, I mean, it kind of really depends. Um, most of the time I'll plan out like our Instagram feed as far as like the layout of it to make sure everything is pretty cohesive. Um, and then as far as like specific shots of cars, I try to mix it up as much as I can. But I mean, most right now our like best selling vehicle right now is uh, the RAV4 actually, um, which is pretty surprising. Um, next would be probably Camry. Okay. So um, I kind of tend to focus on those vehicles. So. Do you do much differentiation between the different platforms of social media that you use, or is it kind of, this is the post for today or for the morning or whatever, and we're going to put that on Instagram, we're going to put it on Facebook, we're going to put it on the website, wherever else you're putting it, or it's, this is an Instagram post, this is a Facebook post. Mm -hmm. Do you differentiate it all? Or what's um, kind of the... I try to as best I can. Right now, we're, we're really focusing on Instagram because Facebook is... Um, in the slowly declining. Yeah. So, uh, it's slowly declining. Um, so, but a lot of our, um, you know, buyers are like in the age of still using Facebook. Mm -hmm. So it, we're like kind of caught in the middle between trying to gather younger people at the same time doing Facebook. So I tend to 
try and tailor make as best I can to the different platforms. Um, most of the time it's just uh, changing a bit of the wording or like, you know, oh, the dude. voice. One of the things that uh, I've noticed, you know, I've been following y'all for a number of times. Uh, y'all do, you do a great job of mixing it up. It doesn't feel like you're doing the same thing every single, sometimes it's a drone shot. Sometimes you're focusing on people. Sometimes you're doing photos with, with color overlay. You've been doing this recent thing with the Thanos, uh, oh, yeah. uh, the, the, <laughs> the infinity gauntlet. Infinity gauntlet. Mm-hmm. Is it just, do you, is there much planning behind that or is it just, this is what's happening now. We see that drone footage is super popular on Instagram now. So we're going to do that. We see that, you know, pictures of people's of our staff on Facebook tends to get a interaction because family and friends interact with it. Right. Um, what, what's the idea there? Um, yeah, I guess, uh, I mean, um, Marvel Infinity Wars, I mean, it's huge right yeah, now. Obviously. So, uh, yeah, so that was kind of um, Keenan's idea, which is our general manager. Um, and he was like, hey, you should do a video with the Infinity Gauntlet. And I'm like, that's a great idea. <laughs> so let's do it. And so it took about two days to make or whatever, but it was pretty easy. But um, yeah, most of the time it's, um, I would say like, sometimes it's it's more of like a reactionary thing others it's like trying to um get that routine in almost because i mean even though it's like i need to be or it needs to be like um not the same thing every day or whatever so it needs to be some sort of or it needs to be different a little bit but um i also want to have a post where like hey it's friday this thing is on or whatever or like this post or you know whatever so um yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like the long end, but yeah. I'm with you. So both on, on Instagram and Facebook, obviously now, if if we were, if you're working at a boutique or something small, you could put something up there and little people could buy it by mm-hmm. clicking on it. And it's a great way to kind of judge the success or the failure of a, of a certain post or a yeah. campaign. Y'all obviously are not probably selling cars through Instagram oh, man, at yes. this point. So jealous though. <laughs> I mean, I wish that we could, but like, I mean, car industry is literally probably 20 years behind the yeah. current like strategies of, of selling. So absolutely, um, it's kind of difficult to be able to post like, Hey, buy this Camry, such and such money or whatever. And you could just like swipe yeah. up. That'd be amazing. That'd be but great. Yeah. It's not so, but, but, and you're not alone in there. There's tons of industries, whether it's tractors or, you know, taco cabana is not really selling anything directly through Instagram. Right. You can't, you know, translate. They should, but, um, <laughs> they should, yeah, that's their, they should really partner with like, a. Arrowhead here or like yeah, a Postmates and, and you buy it through Instagram and it gets sent over to your Postmates account. Yeah. But um, but because of that, and this is what we deal with a lot of our a number of other clients, how do you judge the success of, the art? you take a really big wide view on we're getting a lot of interaction, we're getting comments, or what are you looking for in social media as a way of saying, okay, what we're doing is good, um, you know, it's actually being successful because you're not really seeing, you know, I haven't seen a whole lot of tags like, hey, mention this Facebook post and right. get like 10% off or whatever it is. Yeah. How, how do you judge success or failure? Um, you know, it's such a, a hard thing to to like nail down. And um, usually like I'll throw in like a specific link into Google Analytics mm-hmm. to track how many people are like engaging with that specific link. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's it's all about, I guess the feel of the engagement really. And if we, we do like random promotions every once in a while, but most of the time those are like a boosted post. Um, so most of the time our content isn't actually boosted. So, um, I'm just trying to grow like the organic engagement instead of like trying to force our stuff down, you know, like on people's yeah. feeds and stuff. Cause that's how you get muted or unfollowed. So, 
Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure you get similar interaction that that we do when we talk about how we deal on social media all day as our job. Everyone's like, "Oh, it's so great! I wish that was my job just to be on social media right. all the time." What do you What do you tell people, or what would you say to people that let them know that there's more than just you're not just posting one time a day. There's so much thing that goes into it. Um, what do you say to people that that don't realize all the work that goes into they it? They still but... don't believe me, yeah. no matter <laughs> no matter how much I, I tell them. Like um, right now, I'm I'm working on this motion graphic because I do all of our video and pictures and everything. So um, I, I'm working on this motion graphic, and it has taken me all morning <laughs> for about three seconds. Right. So it's great. Yeah, yeah. When you set goals, or, or when you're like, man, it'd be awesome if we could do this. What what's something really fun or kind of outside the box that you're hoping to be able to to do using social media um, when it comes to, to lithia? I don't really know, actually. I'm sorry. I'm That's not, okay. yeah. I'm not like a huge, um, like goal oriented person, to be honest with you. Um, so, I mean, I just take our specific events or what we have planned and just kind of work them into the schedule. So I guess that might work, but we, I mean, we have like a big, um, promo summer stuff, right? uh, which I, don't know if I can talk about it yet. That's so okay. Can't, That's can't. all right. Yeah, yeah. That's all right. Yeah. It's evergreen because somebody will listen to this and it'll already be over right. and, and whatnot. How much time do you do you and Keenan spend together as the GM of of the dealership talking about what you're doing? What do you would like to see? Obviously, you said, "Hey, you do something with the Infinity Gauntlet, yeah, yeah. so you go out and execute it." Is that a constant conversation that y'all are having? Is it do y'all are sitting down? You know, for for people that might be listening, it says either they're hiring someone out to do their social media mm-hmm. or. You know, they may want to hire someone within the organization. What what's worked so well with y'all um, that's made y'all as successful as you have? Um, I, it's kind of I guess it's going to be different from every for everybody. Uh, for me, it's uh, Keenan and I. He really is uh, very much like sporadic, where he'll think of something and then shoot me a text, no matter <laughs> if it's like midnight or two a.m. or whatever. Yeah. And then so I'm just supposed to, to like decipher what he's meaning and then mm-hmm. trying to figure it out. But no, that's. It's, uh, that's pretty much it. Like, um, I mean, we sit down probably maybe once a week, um, cause we have like this big overarching, arcing, um, marketing meeting with, um, the uh, people that do all of our TV ads and stuff right. like that. So, um, and, uh, yeah, so we kind of just riff some stuff back and forth. That's pretty much it. Time to move on to what's happening Abilene. There are a lot of things going on this week, especially this weekend here in Abilene. So don't say there's nothing going on in Abilene. We've got you taken care of right here. Let's start off with this Wednesday, live at Lytle. That's Lytle Landing Cattle. Johnny Cooper is going to be performing starting at 7.30 on the patio. So if you like uh, country music and want some good eats, go out to live at Lytle uh, and hear some great music from Johnny Cooper. On Thursday... Team Chip Taekwondo is having a free women's self-defense class. So if you're looking to pick up some skills, women's self-defense, check that out. That is this Thursday, free char- free of charge at Team Chip Taekwondo. This Friday, Abilene Yoga House and Sock Gallagher Brewing Company are teaming up for Bend and Brew. So that's yoga and beer. Uh, that's at Sock Gallagher's Brew House on China Street. So if you're looking to uh, get loose and get loose, uh, check out Bend and Brew at Sock Dolliger this Friday. If that's not your cup of tea, we got a couple of different options for movies, outdoor moving, outdoor movie experiences this weekend on Friday night. You can check it out. Check out Dive In Movie 
instead of a drive-in. See what they did there? There's a dive-in. That's really funny. That's at Adventure Cove. Uh, they're gonna be showing Despicable Me this Friday. Uh, and then if you're looking for something to do on Saturday, a couple different options. You can go to the Boomba Family Firework Party. That's on Summerhill Road. There's gonna be food trucks and looks like fireworks. So be sure to check that out. Um, and then if you missed the movie at the Adventure Cove or you just loved it so much you want to do another movie outside the next night, go over to Playfair Adventure Golf Park and watch Flash Gordon with Backyard Movie Night uh, this Saturday. So that's what's going on this week in Abilene. If you have an event you want us to talk about on the podcast, please let us know. Send us a note and we would be more than happy to tell everybody else about what's going on. Thanks for listening, and this has been episode three of the Naturally Abilene podcast brought to you by Oddly Natural Digital Branding and PR. Have a great week.